I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And today we're going to be talking about finding a great guy. I know that there is a lot of frustration out there in the dating world. We often struggle to find somebody that we feel a nice connection with or that we want to give a chance. And we're going to be talking about this today because, you know, we see obviously tons and tons of breakups mm -hmm. and we have noticed that oftentimes people are attracted to somebody that really won't be right for them. Right. So we're going to look at that today and we're going to have you think about some questions for yourself that maybe you're overlooking great guys. Maybe there are people in your life that already like you and would love to date you, but you're not giving them a chance. So we're going to talk about why that might be going on. Right, Margaret? Because uh -huh. we have some suspicions. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. So, you know, one of the things that comes to mind to me when I think about choosing somebody is, you know, what are the qualities that you're looking for in a person? And are you really giving those people an opportunity to date you, right? Like, I find that so often the people that you're describing as who you're dating are like the exact opposite of what you say. Of who you said you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wh what are your thoughts about this, Coach Vicky? Because I know that we have talked about this mm -hmm. recently and how to maybe navigate and explore differently how to date. Mm -hmm. You want to think about the qualities that you want in somebody else. Is that consistent with who you're attracted to? And many of you might have very long checklists of what you require in a guy or in a different person. And then you will find yourself in relationships that are complete opposites of that. Or you find out after three months, after six months, that this person isn't who you thought they were, and you thought, how could I miss all of these red flags? How that's did I, a, I end up here? That's a big one, yeah. Okay. Especially after about six months, you're like, who is this person? Who is this person? Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and I thought about this because I was thinking, why are people struggling to find a great guy? When Or, you know, I think about, like, uh, friends of mine that are single or have been single that I know are good people, and they struggle with women that, you know, they're not having success. And I have found that like, you know, many times I think people are caught up in the repetition compulsion of being drawn to people that may be like their own father. That's who we're drawn to right off the bat as mm -hmm. human beings. It's mm -hmm. somebody who reminds us of our family at large. And a lot of times, it, we, if we've had a toxic father mm -hmm. that's neglectful, mm -hmm. doesn't make us feel cared about, we're drawn to those people 
because they make us feel something. They will, oh my gosh, the, the butterflies and the excitement and these guys that are just nice and caring and they're not a challenge are getting, mm, you know, I, you know, I had a nice time, but they don't really. He was a really nice low key accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they don't really give those guys an opportunity to have, you know, something that could be really meaningful. I just have found that many people are so caught up in the challenge and and kind of projecting their fantasies on people that are unavailable mm -hmm. because there's so much space that they chase people that just give them just enough, just those breadcrumbs enough. And the guys that are, you know, more like, hey, I'd like to take you out to dinner. They're like, mm, no. They're not exciting. Yeah. That's the thing. Excitement, I mean, there's nothing more attractive than somebody who's excited. Mm -hmm. yeah. Initially. Initially, but it doesn't, it doesn't wear well. But <clears throat> I think that oftentimes those people that we're excited about wind up, you know, breaking our heart because they aren't really ready for something right. real. Right? Right. So give somebody a chance. I used to work with a woman who often said, if you don't find the guy terribly exciting, at least have coffee with him. Mm -hmm. Okay? And give him a chance. And I could see how this could happen <clears throat> for avoidant people in particular, especially if you're attracted to people who are in possible relationships. If they're involved with somebody else, or if you know that you could never really settle down and have a real connection with this person. You might feel more enticed to go out with them rather than thinking, okay, well, what would be healthiest for me? Do I, am I just avoiding connection by, by the guys that I attract or the people that I attract and date? So these are all things to think about when in the dating pool and when thinking about who to build a connection with. Uh, and one of the things that comes to mind for me is, are you a lot more scared of a real con connection and commitment than you realize? That Most of us are. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. I, I remember um, years ago coming across a video that it was talking about a lesbian that was falling in love with a straight girl, right? Because she knew unconsciously yes, she could she never get close to that person. <clears throat> right. And that can happen. If we're really scared, our unconscious can take over and that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I think it's helpful to think about those things. Right? Like, oh, absolutely. And women find unavailable men all the time. Yeah. And so you might not truly be looking for a great guy. You might be looking for somebody that's going to keep you in that dance, in that pattern of never getting too close. Mm -hmm. And this is an exercise really in self-awareness. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And one thing we talk about often is that we tend to attract people who are at a similar health level as ourselves. Absolutely. So this is also something to think about, that if you're particularly avoidant, you might be missing out on some people just because of a particular trait or something that you're focusing on that's, that's keeping you from that person, but it's really to avoid the closeness rather than it is something wrong with that person. Yeah, that's so true. So we had some questions to think about that we wanted mm -hmm. you to think about and maybe these are things that you can reflect upon and consider you know are these things uh, impacting who I'm choosing to date or who I'm choosing not to give a chance to 
And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was trying to come up with the idea for this was how are you choosing the people that you date now compared to when you were an adolescent? Are you still doing the same things or are you maturing in what you're looking for? Mm -hmm. Because I think that so often many people are just the same way they are attracted to somebody when they were younger maybe in their early 20s, they're still choosing those same people. If they haven't taken the time to think about it, right. So let's give Craig some credit here. He came up with nine very good questions. I thought mm -hmm. they were helpful. They're very good. All <laughs> right. And it's important to reflect on these and think about this uh, when you're meeting new people and deciding what you want for yourself. So the first question is, growing up, who were the best male role models in your life? That's a big question. Huge. Because, you know, when I think about my own childhood, you know, I had, my dad really wasn't in the picture for a lot of it, and my stepdads were bonkers, and that's putting it nicely, <laughs> right? Yes, that was very <laughs> so, kind of you, So I didn't have good role models. My uncles weren't around. I didn't have good male role models around for me, and that was a big impact on me. And I think it caused me to have a bit of a Peter Pan syndrome where I didn't want to grow up. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, why would I want to grow up? I don't want it to turn out like that. Yeah, you hadn't seen any reasonable grown-ups yeah. who were mature men and acted it. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, for all you ladies out there, if you think about your dad or the male role models, who was the best of them? Right? Mm -hmm. And it's a big pool out there. Okay? Um, so it can be... Role models or, or people you think had it together um, can come from your family or outside your family. I remember working with a woman who had no role models to even think about in her own family and she was rescued by a teacher, okay, by a male teacher. And by the grace of God, she ended up marrying a pretty healthy man who understood her and it was absolutely because of that teacher. Yeah, yeah. wow. But, you know, those early childhood relationships that we've had <clears throat> with, you know, men in your life are going to have a big impact on what you find yourself drawn to. Right. Mm -hmm. Or being drawn to somebody that was toxic if you had somebody that was sure. abusive or mistreated sure. you. Mm -hmm. And I've often heard that someone would go to a friend's house where dad was really nice and might take them somewhere. That sort of thing, when they haven't had a dad themselves. So there are all kinds of people to draw on. But something to reflect upon. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. So the next question we have is, how has your ability to choose a good partner changed since you were younger? And this is really about that maturity piece that you were talking about earlier. Yes. And thinking about how your tastes have developed as you've grown older. What are things that you wanted back then that you don't now? What are some things that you want now that you didn't back then? So these are all worth thinking about and shaping who you are and really able to pinpoint exactly what it is that you want. Hopefully if you're looking for something meaningful, you're not, cons you're not just looking at somebody and saying, oh, they're hot, right? Like, mm -hmm. Oh, he's cute. He doesn't have a lot of acne and he plays football, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you, you really want to think about what is it that you're wanting from a relationship. Are you wanting a family? Are you want Because once you have a child with somebody, you have to deal with that person for the rest of your life. Yes, you do. And it is, you don't think about how major of a decision 
it is until it's too late or until you had yeah. kids with that person, mm -hmm. right? And I have kids, so now that I've had children, I see that you really want to reflect on things that you didn't beforehand. And, you know, you consider like, wow, I didn't think about um, if do I have a partner that's going to be helpful when the kids are sick? Mm -hmm. Are they going to, mm -hmm. um, you know, can they really work through the difficulties of life? Can you be on the same page together when it comes to discipline? Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different things you need to think of when compared to when you were young and just saying, oh, I like him, he's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you grow and develop... Of course, it never hurts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as you grow and develop, you're going to learn new things about yourself and about others as well. And if you're working on yourself right now after a breakup, and you've worked on your emotional self-control and you've seen how you progressed, you're gonna look back and see other people who are where you were and that's not gonna be attractive to you anymore. So those are things to think about. How has your taste changed? All right. The or, or has it changed at all? <laughs> that's a good point. It may not have. All right, the next question is, what do you consider to be qualities of a good man? It's a big question. It is. It's a huge question. <clears throat> and if you haven't had those healthy role models in your life, you may not really have thought about it. Mm -hmm. Or you may have to stop and think about people you've known in various contexts yeah. who may be able to contribute a little. Yeah. Role models are really, really important. Yes, they are. Church, school, and God love the family down the street who has saved many, many people. Yeah. Right? And, you know, for me... Personally, I would think about this, you know, and I've thought about this over the years of like, I don't know many people that have had healthy marriages. Right. And probably I could count them on one hand. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was a big impact on me. But I mean, both my parents were married three times. Right. And my, my dad is currently married and he's been with, you know, my stepmom for over 30 years now and they have a good marriage, which is great to yeah. see. But, you know, you might want to think about that, too. Who in your life has a healthy relationship or a healthy marriage? Do you have friends that do? And what did it look like? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They talk to each other, probably, and we're not together. Yeah. Yeah. The next question we have is along the same line, and that is, do you find yourself dating men who have those qualities? Yeah. I think that many of us are just caught in the cycle of, dating somebody who's not really um, available to us. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes all of that space that we have with that person allows us to fill in the fantasy as opposed to looking at who they really are if you spend too much time with them. Mm -hmm. Because when you spend a lot of time with somebody, you realize, you know, their quirks, mm -hmm. the things that you, about them that you don't like or turn you off. And that's going to be with anybody that you date, right? I was going to get even more basic than that. Does he talk on the first date? <laughs> is it that bad out there, Margaret? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, is he at all verbal? Are they grunting? I mean, what's yeah, going well, on? Yeah, I hear a lot of complaints We're texting today. on the I, first date. <laughs> I, yeah, I really like him very much, but he doesn't talk much. He looks at his phone and he, and he plays his video game and... And, you know, <clears throat> so does he talk? That's number one. Mm -hmm. 
And curiosity can always help with that. And I think we're going to do a video on that soon, right? Yep. We've done, we've done a couple. We're going to do another one. Yes. Curiosity is so important. Mm -hmm. That's why I can't wait to hear what you're going to say next. Ooh, the next question. <laughs> it's think about the men you know or have known. Who stands out to be the best of them? Did you date any of those men? That's a big question. Yes, it this is. This is a big question. Yes, it is. And I think this also has to do with external factors that may have been internalized. And a point that I'll make here is actually about race and culture. So if you're in a family that doesn't accept certain races or would be disappointed if you dated outside your race or your culture, and you find yourself falling for somebody who is outside of what their view would accept, you need to really analyze that for yourself. What's going on internally? Are you able to make a decision for yourself and for what's best for you? Or are you going to let what other people want for your life take the lead? Yeah, and, and even more so than race, qualities, mm -hmm. right? Would your family accept certain qualities in the people that you're dating, or are they going to be judgmental? What's the first thing your family's going to look for if you bring mm -hmm. home a guy? Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. comb his hair and does he have a job? Okay? Mm -hmm. So personally, for my family, my mother is Italian and my dad is Puerto Rican. So when they were dating in New York, that was a big conflict for them within them and their families. And of course, the older generations weren't as accepting. Um, of course, now things are different. We're yes. a little bit more accepting. Things are better. Mm -hmm. But for everybody, they don't all choose the way that they want to go. Yep. A lot of times you can bring those biases that your family instills in you to your dating life. And you might be rejecting people that you truly do connect with and like and would be healthy for you. But you're rejecting them for reasons that you don't understand or that have been instilled in you from very young. That's right. We can take on beliefs that our parents kind of impose on us. And mm -hmm. if we don't examine them, which is again the individuation process, we can end up taking them with us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it can limit us. And you maybe be um, afraid of what they're going to say or how they're going to react. Mm -hmm. right. um, you know, I, my mom was Italian. My dad was a mix, English, Irish, Swedish. And my grandmother, who's English, didn't want my dad to date my mom. And, he, and she was very upset at him for dating somebody that was Italian. Mm -hmm. uh, so my grandma was, unbeknownst to me, a bit racist. I see. <laughs> yes. Sadly, she was a great grandma, though, I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, she was wonderful to you. But, um, and my cousin was dating a black girl. And my grandmother, from what I understand, was not happy with him when he did. Mm -hmm. I, wa I wasn't in that state at the time, so I didn't know too much of the story, but I, I was surprised when my aunt told me that actually. Right, yes. So, yeah. um, it, you know, that was going on in my own family and I didn't realize it. Right. Mm -hmm. And race can definitely be an example of this, but it also does transcend race into culture and also qualities like you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. right. There could be things instilled in you that you don't even realize. Absolutely. Um, I grew up very Irish and very Catholic. And if I had come home with a Baptist gentleman at any point, I think my father would have fainted dead away. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so those things have a huge impact on who we're dating unconsciously. And you may be passing up somebody that's good for you just because of your family's limiting beliefs. Right, exactly. So again, yeah. that individuation process is so important. 
That's what they think. What do I think? It may be the same. It may be different. All right. So moving on to the next question we have. Do you think you're turned off by men who aren't enough of a challenge or too loving caring? Do you want to explain ex exactly what you mean about this question? Sure. Um, I've noticed that a lot of times people are so unconsciously afraid of really being close to somebody that they're more drawn to the people that don't text back, keep them, keep them left unread, that you're sitting around wondering about them and the anxiety builds and then they just want that person more and more because of the really the anxiety that's creating them inside them whereas if they really spent time getting to know that person they may say well they're not very good to me they're not very mm -hmm. nice to me they don't treat me very well mm -hmm. but they what i think when we have a lot of that space there it allows us to fantasize more about who we want them to be and those unmet needs than who they actually are. Mm -hmm. It's so, like loving the idea of the person instead of loving instead the person. Instead of the person. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to the nice accountant. What's it like to meet him? Well, the nice accountant may be a little bit more boring because he's not making you wonder so much about if he likes you or if he cares about you. But if you can get to the place where you can have a deeper, meaningful connection with him, you're going to enjoy, you know, laughing with him and having those inside jokes and creating those sure, memories. Sure. That's more meaningful, but I you think. You have to get to know him in the first place and exciting and elusive is so tempting, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It, 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 that's the, the challenge, the excitement. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I told you about the other therapist I worked with who would always say to women, if you find the guy boring, at least have coffee with him mm -hmm. because you could lose out if you don't. Mm-hmm. And you never know, the accountant might have a secret dancing hobby. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Or might have an outrageous sense of humor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So now we're on the last question. And that is, how might your relationships improve if you find someone who you can get close to and trust? That's a big question. But if, isn't that really why we get into a relationship? Isn't that what we're really ultimately looking for at the end of the day is somebody that you can count on to be there for to you? To be your secure base mm -hmm. in adulthood. Yes, that's exactly what we're looking for. However, what we've learned is an awful lot can happen in between to make it harder. Yeah. But I think you really want to think about that question. How might your relationships improve if you start dating somebody that you can see that is caring and truly going to be there for you? I know it's scary and it's overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. That can be really overwhelming that now you feel obligated to another person or somebody else's needs, but you're going to also get a lot along with that. Mm -hmm. And I think self-knowledge comes into play because if you begin to find yourself making excuses, I was talking to somebody the other day who had done exactly that, about what was wrong with this person so you didn't get too close to them. You know, you really have to be aware. If being close makes you a little scared, it makes all of us a little scared, but there are degrees, mm -hmm. okay? And it's not easy to give your heart away. It's a real leap of faith. Yep. All right, anything else? I would just like to add that 
if you are struggling finding a good man or somebody who has the qualities that you want, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to be with somebody who you see a bunch of red flags already? Mm-hmm. Or is it worth it to be alone and really search and wait for that person that you truly want and will be the healthiest for you? Because sometimes that might be the decision it comes down to for a while. Yes. And as my mother would always point out, you're a long time married. I want to add one last thing here, and that is think about all the men in your life. You may have overlooked guys that would be good for you, that would truly be there for you and give you something meaningful. And even if you don't get those initial butterflies with them, um, you might find that finding a deeper connection with them or trying to create a deeper connection with them will be just as exciting or more exciting and more fun than just the fantasy of somebody and, you know, continually chasing people that aren't really in your life. Right. And again, that is excitement is wonderful, but check out the health behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been watching The Office lately, and if you watch that show, it does a really nice job of showing Jim and Pam and how they, over time, form a more meaningful connection that, you know, is often built on their friendship. And oftentimes, people don't want to give their friends a chance. I mean, I've heard lots of people say to me, you know, and had friends and stuff over the years say, oh, I don't want to give them a chance, I'm afraid that it might ruin the friendship. Well, I think a lot of things, great relationships can come from a good friendship and that way absolutely you're more yeah. likely to absolutely value that person and stop looking for the things that are you know um superficial that you're so focused on superficial things that when you if you have a friendship with somebody and you genuinely care about them it can really grow absolutely to something more meaningful than just the superficial somebody you meet on a dating site and whatever you do, if you're going to give your heart away, you're gambling and you're taking a chance. Yeah. So that's that's probably actually less of a chance than somebody you don't know. Yeah. Sure, it's a risk, but what what are you looking for? You have to really consider. And that's why I say, maybe look again at those guys that have asked you out in the past. And be more willing to say, you know what? Um, yes, let's go out. Let's go to dinner. I said to that somebody just recently, because she had broken up with somebody exciting, Mm -hmm. who turned out to be not so good over the long haul, and she had a friend in the office who was obviously attracted to her, and she'd been keeping him at arm's length. And I said, have lunch with him this week. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it, it doesn't mean you have to get married next week, just have be, lunch. be open to the opportunities of somebody that may not cause you that initial excitement because a lot of times that excitement is something from an unhealthy, unresolved place, right? Sort of like fool's gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. yeah, it's a good analogy. Just something to think about and consider when you're dating because if you're not in a relationship and you're not looking to get back with your ex and you're looking to meet new people, these are just some questions you should ask yourself and explore before proceeding. 
Can I say one more thing? Sure. Craig and I have come to dread the words. We hit it off right away. Yeah. Okay? Because if it happens too fast, oftentimes it gets scary very quickly when somebody gets too close to somebody. So starting off slowly is a fine idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So hopefully you found this video helpful. And of course, when you want to get our help personally, you could go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. And Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you feel that I can be helpful, please sign up. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. And of course, Coach Vicki is training with us. I will be here. And she will be coaching with us in the future. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And we will talk with you soon. To get my help personally, go to AskCraig.net and click on Schedule Coaching and choose the option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype. To schedule a coaching with Margaret, click on Margaret on the top of the page and order a Skype with her. For the Knowledge Creative Healing course, click on the link at the top of the page and click Get Started Now.